proud of you. <laughs> I mean, I've started recording. Well, <laughs> just like I usually do. Excellent. You have to say what we're doing. I know, I have to say what we're doing. I have to say that this is me, my parents, and Liam Neeson. This week, actually featuring my parents. Uh, as a break from last week. always here. As a break from last week. Oh, that's true. I wasn't here last week. Uh, so, uh, this is a reminder. This is our podcast where we watch through all of the movies of Liam Neeson. And we take a look at how he does in those movies, how much trouble he's in, uh, crazy things like that. Uh, my name is Dan. I'm Carrie. Patrick. And this week, we are going to be talking about Battleship. Now, those of you who know movies of the last ten years may know that... Hasbro has been doing a decent push on marketing their intellectual properties as films. Uh, My Little Pony got a release of a couple of movies in theaters, actually. Uh, But more predominantly for the male demographic, you would see multiple Transformers movies, a couple of G.I. Joes, and then Battleship, which is loosely based on the video game. Pretty loose. Pretty loose. Pretty loose, I'd say. This movie came out in 2012, and because we're good at taking notes and preparing, we have prepared a list of other movies that came out in 2012. 2012 was a very good year for film. Across the board. Across the board. Uh, when we looked at the Academy Awards, the top categories, like top seven or eight categories, all were won by different movies, which is rare, mm-hmm. I, I think. Yeah, well, it makes it a, a good year to go to the movies yeah. for all kinds of reasons. Yeah. So we are talking uh, Argo, Life of Pi, Brave. Skyfall, Django Unchained, which you kind of have to like Tarantino, but it's a real good Tarantino movie. It's some Lincoln movie. Oh, uh, yeah, the Lincoln, the Lincoln biopic. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Day-Lewis got Best Actor for that. Yeah. Yeah. So, Battleship had a lot of work to do to match up to those movies, and it in fact did not. <laughs> uh, this is the first movie of this podcast to have been nominated or receive a Razzie Award. The Razzies being a non-august body that rates movies on poor quality. <laughs> on the terrible On the terrible scale. <laughs> and in this film, Rihanna, who plays a, a character whose best character trait is that she wears a hat. Wait a minute, I think she's the Lieutenant Uhura. She is Lieutenant Uhura. Uh, she won Worst Supporting Actress. Liam Neeson was nominated for Worst Supporting Actor, and the director... And the cast were both nominated for Worst Director and Worst Cast overall, but did not win. I think the casting was all right. Casting was I th- fine. I mm-hmm. think that it was just a sort of a thin premise for a movie to begin with. It was. And, and, therefore... some, and some parts of this movie were very good and they did very well. Uh, I did make special notes. The director hasn't directed much in the way of film. He did Friday Night Lights, very popular TV show about American football. Uh, and the main character... Alex, played by Taylor Kitsch, main character of Friday Night Lights, has been in other films by this director. Oh, sure. So he's probably a pet pick. Yeah. Well, it could be. Or yeah. he just likes the way the guy looks, yes. or he likes his style. He's not a terribly bad-looking guy. Anyways, we're here to talk about Liam Neeson, and unfortunately we're not going to do that very much. <laughs> well, we don't see him for eight to ten minutes. Easily. We uh, guessed... Who his character was. Yes. So we, the movie, we do have to talk, since there's going to be so little Liam Neeson in this one, we should talk about everyone else. So main character man is having a birthday and a bit of uh, personal issues. and Oh, he's a loser. He's a loser. Uh, and his chase. brother is in the Navy and trying to kick his ass back into gear. I think his brother 
purportedly went to the Naval Academy. Probably. Because he had a mug. Yeah, very, he's very much, like, stereotypical. One of them is a big badass. The other one is not. We're, we're going to have to go fast. Cause we're going to have to go fast because there's stuff happening here. You may be getting a guest star again just for a brief moment. We'll see. Anyways, he goes to try and impress a girl. And it goes about as well as you'd expect from a loser trying to impress a girl. He breaks into a gas station and steals a burrito. And like that's how we know that her dad must be Liam Neeson. Yes, because we are informed kind of in passing that her dad is the Admiral. <laughs> so we assume the Admiral is Liam Neeson, but we don't actually get to see him until he, the main character gets kicked in the head. Yeah, it's ten minutes into the show. It's ten minutes into the show. Liam Neeson shows up uh, doing a dedication on the USS Missouri. Oh, the company's afraid to come in. The company doesn't want to come in because they're afraid that they are going to be on the internet. They're going to be on the podcast. They're going to be on the podcast if they're not careful. <laughs> Anyways, Liam Neeson is playing Admiral Shane. Gruff, no-nonsense type of guy. It's a very good role for Liam Neeson to play. He plays it well. I think he does. He didn't deserve the Razzie. He didn't deserve the Razzie. He was not in this movie much, and for what he was in, he per he performed his role quite well. Mm -hmm. uh, the reason that all of this is ha happening at this point in the movie is RIMPAC, the Pacific Rim uh, Alliance business. There's a biannual... Bi is it biannual or biennial? Which one is every two years? That's the one. That one. Uh, naval, international naval exercise that happens out of Honolulu. And that's what everyone is here for. Uh, so we get introduced to a Japanese captain who kicks the main character in the head. And they will become the best character duo in this movie. So at this point, I'm going to need to remember, uh, I'm going to need to make for a note for myself to come back and do some editing so we can make sure to know where we're at. Yeah. Because I'm probably going to have to come back in here because I don't remember where we were, what we were talking about. But then we st restart the podcast oh, and we say, we had to pause because the company came in the house. <laughs> okay. It'll be, it'll be fun. Okay. So. <laughs> okay. Hello. So uh, at this, at this point, there's extra people in the house now. Yes. Uh, and. <laughs> It's Uncle Tom and it's Uncle, Nicole. Uncle Tom and Aunt Nicole, who are here to visit and have not seen this movie. So they're going to listen to us talk about it. Uh, so they were re we were talking about Liam Neeson showing up at a dedication ceremony on the Missouri to talk about the RIMPAC naval exercise that they were doing. And the main character shows up late because he's a flake and he's a can't be counted Because he's a loser. Yeah. He, go he decided... He had been, like, boinking with the girlfriend. Yes. He, yep, he decides... The daughter, be the daughter. Yep, he decides afterwards, after showing up late, that he's going to talk to the Admiral, Liam Neeson, and ask for his daughter's hand in marriage. And so he goes into the head... So he goes into the head, a.k.a. Navy bathroom. Any boat bathroom. Any boat, Any boat bathroom, bathroom. And the bathroom at the basement of my work is labeled the head. It's very interesting. Uh, goes down there and he's practicing in front of the mirror. And the Japanese captain, who kicked him in the head during a soccer game, comes in, and they kind of glare at each other, and then it is heavily implied they have a fight. That's because they were making loud noise. A physical fight? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's good at that. He's yes. good at Yes. And then they are taken in front of the Admiral, and the Admiral basically says, you're both idiots. He chastises, chastises them, them significantly. I chastises the main character, I Alex Hopper, extra hard for basically wasting his potential, which is movie speak for... You are going to be the main character of this movie. <laughs> That's right. Because and by the end, you have saved the world. Yes. Always. Yes. Always. 
And so they go and they start doing naval exercises. In the meantime, because we do need to talk about the good uh, dynamic between the girlfriend and the uh, physical trainee that she's working with. Oh, yeah. They did very well. That was the, good, gr- the, yeah, the girlfriend. That's a good subplot. The girlfriend slash daughter of the Admiral is a physical trainer. Physical therapist. Physical therapist, sorry. Uh, which is... The, oh, of and, course. Oh, yeah, she's like... this. You can tell this mar- movie was marketed to teenage boys because there is significant bikini boob shots. Oh, yes. Yeah, 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 of course. And she is yeah. working with a double amputee who is having a difficult time being motivated to do his recovery. He this is, is a big man. Yeah, he's a large person. He is be played by a retired army colonel. No, he's current. Oh, he's a current. And as of the making of the movie, Ooh, he was he's real. A yes. real army colonel had double double amputee from um, the Afghan or Iraq war. Yes, and which which, which amputee? Legs both, both, legs. Both, both, both legs. Both legs. Both legs. Both legs. Yeah. Both both legs. legs. And he plays very well the part of. I am sick of everything. I just want to live. Yeah. yeah. Not, and, I don't want to work too hard. I just want to get stuff done. Right. And when they tell him, get out of here, they're in danger from the aliens. And they tell tell them, him and the, the young girl, get out of here, you know, go save yourself. He grabs his cane and starts walking up the mountain. Because he's going to take on these aliens. Because what the hell else am I going to do? Yeah. Right? <laughs> so we've established them there. Thankfully, they, thankfully they do a good job. And they, we don't need to talk about how bad of a job they do. Because they do a good job. Uh, we go back to the naval exercises. And they're getting ready to do boat stuff. And at the same time, NASA is noticing that aliens are coming. Because they've been sending lasers into outer space to talk to, to planets. Right, cause because that's how that works. Because that's how that works. Bad science. <laughs> Bad science yes, alert. They, they, yes, they have lasers that fly faster than the speed of light that they're shooting at Earth-like planets. And the lasers have started firing back. Uh, this could be our next podcast series. What? Movies with really bad, bad science. science. Oh. <laughs> uh, we're going to have to watch Transformers all over again. We're going to have to watch Star Trek. Yes. yes. Oh, I mean, no complaining, no complaining the there. That's no the complaining there. But uh, alien, base, the aliens start showing up, and they uh, land in the water offshore of Oahu, because that's where the lasers are being fired from. Mm. And they need to hook up to the lasers because they broke their phone. Their phone crashed in China. Mm. And at one point, Mom says, E.T. needs to phone home. And literally two seconds later, a character on screen says, what, they like E.T. phone home? Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> totally true. Because it was, the, it. it was, of course, the thing to say. <laughs> so anyways, they, the aliens have shown up here in the middle of Navy exercises. They deploy a force field so that we have a limited game board to work on. Because that's important. That's yeah, important. And then because they Im- the real board game yeah. is really not that big. Yeah. And then they immediately mm-hmm. destroy the ship captained by the main character's brother, who is named Stone Hopper, and has <laughs> the kind of name that you'd expect a main character to have, except he's dead now, and the Japanese boat, but they save the Japanese captain so he can have good character <laughs> moments. So now we're down to one ship. It's a destroyer, not that big, pretty maneuverable, versus three alien... Puddle jumpers? They are. They yeah. can come out of the water and then they can be like water skipper. They breach like whales. Like it's odd. Leviathan of sorts. Yes. Right? That's they, they also That's fu- they also fire spinning death hamster balls, <laughs> which go to the mainland and start destroying infrastructure for no discernible reason. And this plot thread is never resolved. <laughs> 
That's part of the, the beauty of this movie. But they, yeah. but they only, the they only appear to destroy threatening things or people, which they is kind of interesting. Ball players alone. Yeah, they show yeah. up at a little league game, and the kid's freaked out, and it looks at him and says, "Are you a bridge?" And the kid just kind of looks at him, and then it rotates and sees a bridge and blows it up. It just makes sense. <laughs> I. So now we're ba- so now we're back to there's one ship versus three alien puddle jumpers, and. Uh, there's a lot of to do. Is that the Missouri? That's no, no, no. We haven't gotten to the Missouri yet. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, oh, no, no. Oh, okay. She said that was a So, they're uh, down to the one ship, and they're trying to figure out how to handle all the aliens because they've cut off all communication. Because obviously they have. That's what you do. And the Japanese captain has this idea of using tsunami buoy sensors to measure uh, water displacement as a method of determining where boats are. Which makes see that's that feels like good science. We're okay with this now. It's it's, it's plausible. It's plausible science. science. Plausible science. We're okay with it. March, but are. see, they deploy <laughs> these buoys in a grid, a grid which has letters across one end and numbers across the other. Like the game. Oh, Thus creating no. the game right, of Battleship. Of course, of course, right. <laughs> because we had to do that at some point. So, okay. And for some reason, the ships that they see are always perpendicular to one another. Yeah. And the first few times they try and fire on them, they miss because they aren't leading their shots, which led me to be crying out, Mom, he's moving his piece. <laughs> it's, Mom says it's my turn. <laughs> And they eventually eventually do destroy two of the three ships uh, the conventional way, using large American explosions. Uh, The third (laughs) one, they drive their boat in what... I I was eyeballing it at two fathoms of water, which is not enough. No, No, but they drive toward the sunrise. Yes, because the aliens have lizard eyes and are sensitive to sunlight. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Mars attacks called. They want their plot hook back. So they, so they, so they carefully with their with their uh, pea shooters. Very good pea shooter. Well, they are pea shooters. They're probably fifty caliber, but but their uh, sniper weapons shoot out the sunglasses the windows. Sunglasses windows of the alien ship. So the, just as the sun comes up, so that they'll. Be blinded. Right? And then they shoot all of their American explosions at them and blow them up. So now they have blown up all three of the alien ships. But you see, they were trying to use the the satellite lasers to call home. And while they've been blowing up the alien ships, the aliens have also been assembling their telephone. They've been plugging in their USB cables. We, we've seen them do it, in fact. Uh, they so, were really thick USB yeah. cables. So now USB-C. The, yeah. I, I don't know. They were very large. Uh, probably, maybe if they were that big, maybe they were scuzzy. Anyways, uh, they now need to destroy the satellite station on Oahu. So they need to fire on Hawaii. The problem is, more of those death hamster balls show up and blow up their boat. So now they are all in life rafts and looking at each other saying, we don't have any ships left. And we're going, oh no, it's a battleship. Oh no. He sunk my ship. They sunk all their battleships. And then they turn the corner and there's There's the decommissioned. There's the camera and then there's the decommissioned Missouri. And they realize we have a battleship. (laughs) 
And now we've got the... With a gift shop. I know, with a gift shop. <laughs> and guys who know how to run it. The young people are <laughs> there complaining about how they don't know how to run this thing. And as they're talking about it, the camera just pans to all these veterans sprinkled across the boat for flavor. It's only about a dozen of only them. Only a dozen. Yes. And then they get into marching V formation, you know, like slow motion towards the camera like in Armageddon. Wow. And they it, start... It, they, they fire up the Missouri, and they... It, which is armed. Which is armed. Which, which is armed. It has live munitions on it. Uh, and they start getting it out into sea. And but you know what? According to the internet, because everything on the internet is yeah. real, oh, yes. it would take 1,500 men to actually to man it. the Missouri. Oh, of course. A boatload of fresh fuel <laughs> and a pretty serious restocking of ammo. Oh, yeah. Well, that or a tugboat. Yes. <laughs> so, they've got the Missouri working somehow. And they're going out towards. And it's a steamship. It's a steamship. Yeah. They, they got they they, they <laughs> just was twelve guys. They, they just plugged they just plugged guys. the steam in and then they were fine to go. Uh, Each doing the job of a hundred. Yes, That's right. exactly. <laughs> and they see that the force field has moved closer to the island, and they go, "Huh, that's weird." Then the force field turns into a really big alien ship because the Americans have a battleship, so the aliens must also have one too, and. They get ready to fire. They, they're they kind of doing a ramming speed type of situation. And then the captain has them turn all their guns to port or starboard, I don't remember which one, to the side. Yeah, yeah. And the people on the boat are confused, but they're like, he's the captain, I guess we'll listen to him. Then they start turning the boat. And then he, then oh, he dropped the da, ba, da. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> oh, I, we need to use the correct terminology when that happens. So the aliens have to turn their boat, too, because they can't rotate their guns. We see their, them trying to turn their little turrets, and it doesn't work, so they start turning their entire boat. Which is slow. Which is slow. So then we see the aliens actually properly leading the enemy ship, which the Americans seem incapable of doing, and firing. At which point the captain says, drop the four anchor. And my response is, they're going to drift a battleship. They're going to emergency break drift a battleship. Uh, they did. And, and they, they did. do. They drop the anchor, the battleship stops, and like skids mm. on a slippery road. <laughs> <laughs> but this is for 12-year-old boys, so we were going to Oh, well, that's good. Okay. Yeah. So, of course, it works, and... They fire the very big guns. They fire the very big guns. All of them. All of the very big guns, and yeah. it works pretty well. Mm-hmm. They blow up the other ship quite well, and then they end up having one shell left in the wrong end of the ship, because they still need to blow up the satellite station. So they get eight men to pick up this thousand-pound shell and carry it across the ship. That's so believable. While they're doing this... Uh, the old guys. Yes, while yeah, they're doing this... A couple old guys. Yeah. They weren't all old. Oh, no, the, the, captain, the various captains were helping, too. They had young people yes. While they're doing this, we're also wrapping up the plot where the physical therapist, yeah, the seeing, double amputee, and the one nerd that was left the up there. Yeah, yeah. well, and they, the nerd, the nerd who is playing who, who is playing the Jeff Goldblum in this Independence Day movie, uh, <laughs> are busy taking out the satellite station as best they can. Uh, the uh, double amputee guy basically football wrestles a giant alien. Armored very well. alien. Armored alien. He does very yeah. well. He basically decides to not care and just wins. Uh, so they're taking care of that. They finally get ready to fire. Do they even actually fire, or does they? Do they? So then, all right, the blowing up just runs right, the, yeah. There's a lot of explosions. It Eventually, kind of they they fire the boy. one. I wasn't impressed. They fire the one <laughs> shell at the island. You sure that wasn't a comedy? And and 
they hope that like yeah. what the main character Alex yeah. hopes that his girlfriend is not there, right? Yeah. Where this no, shell is going to explode, right? And then and they just happen to get away. Yeah, right. Um, and part of the alien ship is still intact, but by that point they've destroyed the force field, so Liam Neeson can send in the airplanes so to the save plane, the day. And the, plane, the game board has gotten bigger. The game board has gotten bigger. Oh. Yes, we're yes. I at this point, I but. You may notice that we haven't really talked about Liam Neeson very much. He's not in this movie very much, despite being on the cover of the movie. True. Uh, he has a he has above the line billing in this movie. I believe on name recognition alone. But his role in this movie is to be gruff in the middle of it to tell the Secretary of Defense that if I'm going to send out another plane to crash into this force field, you'd better be in it and then hang up the phone. Yeah. And, and then he sends out all the planes, and at the very end he gives awards out, like uh, Leia at the end of Star Wars Four. <laughs> exactly. Oh yeah, two. Yeah, and then he has a bit of he has like a bit of funny bit, where the main character says, "I'm in love with your daughter. Can I marry her?" And Liam Neeson goes, "No," and he says, "Whoa, that thank you very much, sir. Wait, what do you mean no?" And he jokes about how, in Liam Neeson jokes, that I'm going to go have lunch. Maybe I'll get a chicken burrito. Which, Which is back, back, to to, back to the beginning, where the oh, main character was an idiot and broke into a gas station to get this daughter a chicken burrito. Oh, okay. When they first met. When they first met. Yeah. And then uh, Creedence Clearwater Revival plays in the credits roll. <laughs> wow. The, uh, the two captains, the Alex... Uh, Hooper, Alex Hopper, Hopper and, character, and, and the Japanese captain. They had some good moments. That, they, that they character did. pair was pretty good too. They did. So. It was started with adversity and then ended up working very well together. I think the turning point for them was when the Japanese captain was rescued from the water after his ship crashed. Uh, by the way, Alex uh, Hopper didn't want to save the people. He was like, "Okay, we got to ram these aliens because none of our guns work." And the other people on his boat had to convince him to stop and rescue people. And when he stopped to rescue people, the Japanese captain gets on the boat, screams in Japanese because he can't think properly, then helps pick up a stretcher with an American sailor on it and move him to safety. And you can see the main character just realize how much of an ass he's been. That, that was a turning point for their character development. But so, we need to talk about the peril scale. We do need to talk about the peril scale. Uh, the Liam Neeson peril meter, peril scale, peril index, I believe it changes week to week. We maybe need to come up with a consistent name for the peril. I don't think indicator. we do. I think it's part of our charm. Uh, <laughs> so between okay. zero and ten, we're calculating how much trouble Liam Neeson is in and how well he handles it. Oh, when did we start doing how well he handles We've it? We've always done that. It's always been part of it. Was I asleep? Yes. Oh. Well, and we do talk about at what point in the movie he's in greatest peril. Yeah. I happen to think that he was in greatest peril when. His soon-to-be soon son-in-law was going to ask for his daughter's hand. That was pretty perilous. Yeah, but he handled that incredibly well. He, he handled it all. He sassed, he sassed him to another island. I don't think he was in any peril at all. I don't. At this point, he was only part Ever? of he was only part of a greater peril involving a great many people. And at all times during that, he was calm and collected. He was gruff. He was you know, speaking loudly and directly, but he was never... He I never didn't feel seemed, like he was in personal yeah. peril. No, he, so, was, he was directing multiple nations' worth of boats in the same kind of way that, you know... You I, play the game. You play the game. It was very, like, straightforward. 
So presumably the peril skill does not include peril to his reputation as an actor. No, no, no. no. These, are, these, are all, these are all in roles. It's the character. It's all related peril. to the roles he's playing. Uh, if that was the case, he would have taken a greater hit from Star Wars Episode One, which we've already talked about. In some of the places. Yeah. Uh, but with this one, like, it's not a one, because we've had a one. We, we did? We just haven't talked about it yet. We still need to record the Pilgrim's Progress episode. But that was a one. That was a one. At that a minimum of zero, one. that was a one. We gave yeah. that one so a one. So this one's more than a one? I mean, you think? I don't think so. What do you think, Dan? I was, I, I was going to go with two. I was going to go much more than one. <laughs> oh, I was going zero. There uh, is, was, see, there is no... It's not that there is no peril existent in the movie. Yeah. He is part of peril. Yeah. I was going to go two. Oh, that's all right. Because exactly. there's go. peril to humankind. Yeah. He's part of and he's part of humankind. Yeah. And he was okay, in the neighborhood. And he's in the neighborhood besides. So, yeah, yeah. So maybe you can bump another one there. So, yeah, yeah two. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't see so, the movie. I'll go with the two and I didn't even see the show. So, <laughs> it's pretty, pretty low on the scale here, but uh, overall, not a great watch. No, not, I'm not watching it again. Not, like, once we're done with this, if we are going to have to rate the top ten Liam Neeson movies, we're not talking about this one. Totally yeah. not. In totally there. not. I. So, thankfully, this is over. <laughs> yeah, thanks we can for get, sticking it we out. We can get on to, into doing other things. Tune in next week when we may or may not have guest stars. Uh, we'll see. Uh, okay. What is next week? Next week, fifth? no, no one extra is going to be here. I don't think. We don't know what we're we doing don't know. next no. week. Uh, we can't plan that far in advance. Yeah, we're, we'll see if something happens on Thanksgiving also, because I think this episode's going out the week before Thanksgiving. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see, see what happens on Thanksgiving. Probably Maybe have we'll have to something. Do something Thanksgiving. We might have to do something. Uh, anyways, uh, anything else to say? No. Oh. Good night. Bye. Good night. <laughs>